It's good to see you. Uh, excited to be here. Uh, just got back from Arizona yesterday, so I'm not going to lie. All right, I'm cold. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just cold. But I'm glad you're here. Uh, this is uh, one of those types of moments, one of those series that I feel like uh, this is going to be good for us, all of us, uh, because uh, change is needed. Can we just talk about that? We talk about this, growing, pe growing people change, but change is uncomfortable. Can we just be honest with that? And I'm not talking about like change. I'm talking about just physical change after you get changed. Comfortable? Have you, who just loves a pocket full of quarters and nickels and dimes and pennies? Anybody just love that? Isn't that the best thing when you get in your car and you have that and just spews all down the side seat into that crevice that no one can ever reach fully into in your car? Does anybody have one of those death zones where your phone falls in there and you just have to buy a new one? Like we'll never find it. Right? I mean, change is uncomfortable. I'm not just talking about physical change. I'm talking about real change because our comfort zone is lived in a place where we don't have to do what? Change. It just is. That's my comfort zone. That's your comfort zone. I mean, that, that's it, right? Don't touch. Don't, I like what I like. Don't touch my stuff. Don't mess me up. Don't change nothing, right? Don't, don't, don't be changing things around my life. And so when you hear a series title called Making Change, I know for some of you are like, nope, <laughs> good try. And we haven't even talked about anything yet. Because uh, for you, you're, you're just like, no, I, I like where I'm at. I like what we're doing. I like what, what the routine is. And I just want to press back and just maybe just irritate you a little bit, get you outside of your comfort zone and to say whether you have been adulting your whole life whether you've tried and you feel like you've failed or whether you feel like you've been doing great things for the whole time that you've been alive, uh, however you want to view your current situation, whether you're a parent of one tiny little baby or you've got kids that are out of the house and successful and doing great, I just want to challenge you and tell you we have one word for something that doesn't change and doesn't ever change, and, and that word around here is called dead. Because if something stays the exact same and doesn't change, that is dead. And so if you're not dead, you're not done. And I want to challenge you right at the beginning to say, hey, don't push this off. Don't pretend like you already know. Don't act like this is something that's not for you. And wherever you're at on your walk, I hope that you'll tune in and you'll hear what we're going to talk about today with fresh ears, fresh eyes. And then you'll not just listen to it, you'll try and figure out a way to apply it. You'll try to figure out a way that this is something that is wisdom, that is speaking into your life. I heard it this week that I thought was so cool. The more our country, our world, our, our politics, uh, the more our families, our, dis our choices become about right and wrong, the more divide there is. But the more that Jesus talked about wisdom at the center wise choices, it begins to reveal that there is a wise choice a lot of times. And when we're not trying to make a point by being right or wrong, we are trying to do what's wise at the center of our lives. And Jesus always elevated wisdom over foolishness, not right over wrong. He elevated wisdom over foolishness because he knew this, you and I are not going to be able to do what's right a lot of times because we struggle with it. But he can call us to the standards of doing what is wise. And this series is about wisdom. 
This series is all about making changes based on wisdom, based on putting this filter on your life and saying, man, if this is true, if this is something wise and good, how does that change things? How does that change things? How does that change how I should view things? How does that change what I should do? And I'll just say this, uh, if you are a couple in here, and you're watching or listening to this series over the next four weeks, this could be one of those things that you may need to have a debrief conversation, because you may not both walk out of here with the same ideas and perspectives, okay? Uh, Dave Ramsey says it like this, one of you is probably a saver, and one of you is probably a free spirit, okay? And there's probably one in each uh, relationship, Okay, so as we talk about making values, as we're talking about making changes about what's really important, there's probably going to be some differences. And talking through that as a couple, this is a great way to utilize that. And there's actually some questions. If you go to kingswaymo.info, there's some talk it over questions in there. There's some questions in the bulletin handout. You can use those as something to just maybe moderate the conversation around and to use to have the conversation around. And I would encourage you to do that. Now, with this very lengthy intro and using lots of words and going all different directions, let's talk about how less is more today, all right? Let's just talk about less is more. Uh, that's a good way to start this sermon off because I've been so wordy. Uh, so here's, here's my question to you. When have you ever discovered that less is actually more in a very literal way. Anybody ever discovered that less is actually more in a very literal way? Okay, I, I have. Uh, how many of you have been to In-N-Out Burger? Okay, In-N-Out Cheeseburger. Okay, cool. Uh, it's one of my favorite places on the planet. Some would say it's overrated. Other of you would recognize and see the light and know it's the best. All right? Uh, whichever you choose to be on, I love you both. All right? I, I know this. In college, we had this challenge called the Ten Patty Daddy and it's exactly like it sounds, all right? You are attempting to eat 10 patties of cheeseburger in any quantity or ratio you want, double doubles or singles or quadruples, because In-N-Out will do that. They'll stack it up to seven, if you ask, which is crazy. Seven pieces of cheese, seven cheeseburgers. Uh, so this is what we would do. We would try to get together, and each of us would try to accomplish the 10 patty daddy challenge, all right? Now, some of you may get ahead of yourself, and you would know this. I am a 10-patty daddy, all right? Challenge accepted, challenge accomplished. All right, but a few years back, uh, we went to a conference down in Dallas that we're actually getting ready to go to again. Don't ask me if we're going to try this again, because the answer is coming at the end of the story. Uh, but we were there a couple years ago, and I was telling the story, and guess what? We had kind of that rally cry of the mob you know what I'm talking about? The group we're with, they're like, we have to do it again. we got to try that. And so uh, a couple of us whose names will go unnamed, but later you'll probably find out. Uh, two of us, in fact, uh, Jed and myself, um, uh, went after this challenge together. All right? Now, I will just tell you this right now. I failed miserably. Yeah. Nothing came up. Let's just say that. But not all of it went down. I went about six deep, and I realized that there is a limit to how many cheeseburgers can be eaten, even though they are delicious, and they are some of the beautiful melted cheese, sugary American ketchup. Yes, all preservatives included, and a beautiful medium 
perfectly cooked burger wrapped together with John 3.16 on it. Literally, that I watched get pressed out of a potato, cooked in beautiful peanut oil. I just love, but seven cheeseburgers in, I was out. But I am here to confirm, Jed, I'm proud of you, man. Ten patty daddy to the nines, man, I'm so proud of you. We also had to drive six hours after we finished, and let's just say Jed and I were in the back seat together, both of us. Were we regretting it, Jed? Were we regretting it? You so more than me. But here's my whole point, and I hope this is what sticks in you. What was it in your life that you thought, if one is good, more is probably better? If one is good, then two is probably better. If one is great, then two is probably, oh, that's awesomer. All right, let's just use that word. What, what was that thing that you just thought, yes, that's it. And then when you got there, you're like, maybe, maybe there's some limits to what makes something good. Maybe there's something to this idea that less is more. So here's. Here's a thought for you as we're going into this. This is the verse, because it's less is more, there's only one verse today, all right? Just so you can attach to this. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. I don't know if you've ever experienced what this visually looks like, um, but I just walked through the airport with three car seats, three pieces of luggage, three backpacks, my own carry-on, and my wife's nebulizer for his lungs in a separate bag, and my wife's backpack. You ever experienced that? I don't know if you guys have ever felt like a pack mule, but going through Springfield yesterday, it was like this. It's like, how did we get here? <laughs> you know, it was cute when all the kids wore their individual backpacks. It was cute when my wife and I had ours on. It was, it was awesome when we let the stuff go onto the thing and then go onto the plane. But those transitions from car to plane and then plane to car are full. And what's crazy is I'm walking and I'm thinking about what I'm preaching. I, these are the thoughts that I had in my head. I, I can't carry my kids. Uh, I can't even control where my kids go. I mean, just think about this. I have learned to strap the uh, car seats onto the carry-ons, so they're literally just dragging. And then I'm, I'm, and then I have three human beings with non-developed brains running around one of the most secure places in the planet. Some of you have heard how that's gone before in my family. All right. And I'm just this. Hey, 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 stop. What? Move. Come here. Don't stop. No, no, no. Stressed to the nines. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm a sweater, you know. And all I'm thinking about is this verse. That is one handful with tranquility and two handfuls with toil chasing after the wind. Now, as I think about my life, and I take that visual idea that so much of us are in between places, right? This isn't our home destination. We're just passing through. We are aliens, foreigners. 
This isn't where we're going to stay, and we can't take much with us. But you know what? You know what I feel like most days? My hands are full of a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff. Worries about my stuff. Stuff being stolen or forgotten. Forgetting where I put the stuff that I care about. Forgetting about the stuff that I had that I should care about. Thinking about all the stuff that keeps me from hanging out with other people. Being able to reach out and help someone. Think about the visual idea here of not having your hands full. Having one hand available, even though you're holding on to some things that are valuable. Uh, You can offer someone a hand up. Uh, You can offer somebody something that you have. You You can give a hug. Uh, you, you can you can shake a fist. You can shake somebody's hand. There are so many things visually in this that just it, it comes to life that what our lives sometimes look like is that we're not available to extend help. We're not able to offer anything because we are so consumed with our stuff. So here's here's my question. Because if, if you're honest with yourself, you're probably like me, and I'm in this code too, uh, you, you feel like all your life is full, right? I mean, you got two hands worth of stuff, and, and you're going, what do I put down, <laughs> right? Like, probably need to put something down, but what is it? How do I choose? So let's just ask this question together, and there's actually a little thing there in your bulletin, you have three spots, and maybe you're on your phone, or maybe you just have a little paper and pen. I just want you to write down, or maybe you don't have it, it's okay. Uh, You can make an Evernote, those are easy, or you can just remember it, I'm fine with it. There's something about writing it down or visually seeing it, though, that is helpful, I will say that, helps you remember it. What really matters in your life? What, What really matters? I mean, if you had to answer like, what really matters? I, I, one of my favorite ways to do this, which is totally morbid, I, I do this with parents that I meet for the first time a lot of times. I'll say, how many kids do you have? You have three. Okay, pick your favorite. Bur- bur- building's burning down. Okay, you only get to choose one. Go. All right? Yeah, horrible thought, right? Horrible thought. But it's always funny because you know what parents say? Uh, I'm dying with my kids. I'm, I'm not leaving any of my kids. I will go. So for some of you, this is an easy answer, right? Number one, family, right? right? Like, I, like my family. I, I, I for sure am putting my family on this list. Uh, what else is so important in your life? What is most important? I'll give you just a few minutes to think about it. I want you to... I want you to mentally get there in your heart as you're thinking about what is most important. You know what doesn't make this list? Let's just talk about this for a second. Uh, Golf clubs doesn't make this list. Uh, uh, For a lot of us in here, uh, our cars uh, don't make this list. Um, For some of us in here, uh, a collection of something, all right? 
It could be passed down for generations too, all right? It, but it didn't make the list. The China set didn't make the list, all right? It didn't make the list. For some of you in here, all the clothes did not make the list, <laughs> all right? Think about for a second some of the things that didn't make the list. What didn't make the list? Today's message is less is more, and it is simplistic. This is not complicated. This is something that's supposed to make you just think about what it would mean to take your hands from being having a little bit more tranquility. To, to, to not having to wait to sing a Tim McGraw song to like you're dying to figure out what you would do. If, it, if nothing else, Matt, what, what really matters, what if you chose today to set some of this stuff down and say, hmm, because less is more living. Did you know that? Think about this concept. In The Great Divorce, uh, which is a, a fantastic book by C.S. Lewis that I haven't read in a number of years. I need to reread, but this is one of the, the scenarios and quotes that he has. He says, what if hell is just a description of people getting the exact thing they wanted and it isolating them from everyone around them? So you get everything you want, but it costs you relationships in tow. To keep track of it, to manage it, and also to have it because someone else may need it, but you want it, so in order to keep it, you can't be around other people because then you would see they need it, so you have to isolate yourself. And in order to manage everything you want, you can't be harbored or hindered by other people, so you have to get further and further away from relationships. And the very thing that you wanted now becomes something that you can't share. So here's what I want to do. I just want to give you three simple ideas. This is so simple, but please remember what I talked about at the very beginning. Change. It's uncomfortable. It's not always something we're even, I mean, none of you in here, I know none of you came in here with the attitude, I am not going to change. But you did. You really did. Uh, you came in here going, you know what, I just need to feel better about what I'm already doing. That's what most of you came in here with. And, and I, I, I get that. I, I feel that tension. But I'm pressing into you a little bit because I want you to hear what I'm saying with fresh ears and fresh eyes. Because change is what growing people do. It's what growing people do. So let me uh, ask you this. If less is more living... If less is more living, if less gives me opportunities for more relationships, if having less gives me more opportunities for compassion or to see other people's needs, if less gives me a chance to maybe freshly see and not be stressed, then what can we do to get to a place where maybe we set a few things down, where we have less in our lives? What can we do? Uh, the first one is this. Uh, we're just going to cut back a little bit. Uh, I love this illustration uh, the concept of... Uh, have you ever been in a house that's born, like, or born, 
born, I guess that's the word, uh, that's made uh, in, in the uh, early 1900s, or, ni- or I should say early 19, like 1905, 1910, 19. Have you ever been in a house and then looked at its closets? There's like one in the whole house, maybe two. I- I've experienced this uh, at a guy's farm just not too, you remember the, the guy I got lost trying to find a few weeks ago? Yeah, his house. Uh, I found it. Uh, but his house has almost no closets. Yeah, it's born, uh, or born, gosh, I keep saying that, made a long time ago. All right, it was born, but that's a different way of using that word. Uh, but it was made so long ago that they didn't have a closet. And, and you wonder, why is that? Because when you buy a house that's that old and then you move into it, what do you have that doesn't fit? All your stuff, right? All your stuff. It, it doesn't fit in this one little closet. How, how many realize now every room comes with a closet? And you're angry if it doesn't. This room doesn't have a closet. Walk-in closets. It's a little room for storage off the other room. Uh, and some of you, I, I, this is crazy, I was at a cabin a few weeks ago. Some of you have multi-layered closets. Like there's a row down here, and then there's a row up here. Of stuff. Right? And then, and then if it doesn't fit here or here, it goes in a place called the garage. Right? And your cars can't fit in there where cars should be because there's stuff in the garage that wouldn't fit in the closet that wouldn't fit in your room. And let's go even further. And some of you, the garage isn't big enough. All right? So it's got to go in the attic. So now you have a door to get into the attic to fit the stuff that wouldn't fit in the garage that wouldn't fit in the closet. We'll go even one further. This is going to hit somebody. I'm sorry. You need to hear it. Some of you won't fit in the attic, and it won't fit in the garage, because it won't fit in the closet, because it won't fit in your room. So you rent space. You pay for space to hold the stuff. That won't fit in the attic, that won't fit in the garage, that won't fit in the closet, won't fit in your room. What is that? That's crazy. Get really mad because you're like, look, it's my stuff. You're making fun of my stuff. I get it. I'm trying to be a little bit funny, and I mean, come on. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever experienced something where you see how much stuff you have? You know what I did recently? I discovered this with us. Uh, we had a tornado warning, which seems like every other week sometimes. Those alarms go off, the little siren things. And like, I am just like a not a rule follower when all those go off. And I'm like, I'm not going down. I don't care. They're telling me to. Now I don't want to. <laughs> I was reading it on my phone, about to make the wise decision. Now I don't want stairs. That is our guest bedroom. But it is really a prison for our stuff. That's what it is. My wife is organized, so she, we have these shelving units that are four high all across our guest bedroom, all the way around the wall. I hadn't seen it in years. She's just organized it. So I'm down there trapped with three children by myself, all right, during a tornado. And what am I doing? I'm walking around going, look at all our stuff. Look at this. I remember that. I have a Care Bear lamp from when I was like two years old. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. It's Care Bear. Light up. I'm sure it's Antique Roadshow worthy. 
Like, look at this thing. I have this? But yet, but yet, we're like two months away from a time that we'll ask questions like, what do you want for Christmas? And you know why we ask that question? It's because we go into those closets, we look at our three-story, fold-out, giant thing, and we say something like this. I have nothing to wear. Nothing to wear. Maybe less is more living. Maybe just learning how to cut back could be the first step to feeling a little tranquility, to seeing maybe that there's something that you've been hindered by, and it's just your stuff. It's just your stuff. How about this one? Once you cut back, how about we clear out a little? What if, I love this idea, item giveaway challenge. What if you just decided we are counting out 100 items and we are giving them away? We are getting them out of here. What? Some of you in here, it's going to be 500. I'm just going to be honest. Some of you in here, you may even break 1,000. What if we just let some of this stuff go? I heard this silly thing, uh, and I, I thought about it, but I recognized that it's kind of needed. I had this thing happen that when my parents moved across the country from Arizona to Indiana, they stopped at my house and just threw stuff in my garage. They said it was loving and that it was mine. I don't remember that. It's still sitting there. And I'm looking at that stuff, and you know what I don't feel like I can do with that stuff? Touch it. You know why? Someone gave it to me. Someone gave that to me. And, and because someone gave it to me, I, I don't feel like I have the authority to ungift a gift, right? I mean, right, if someone in the moment gave you something, you're like, cool, thanks. Like, you're like, what are you doing, you jerk? But yet years later, I, I feel the same thing. I can't do that. So here's what this, this is awesome. This is awesome. Thank the item, and get rid of it. Physically talk to the item. This is, this is, I know this is just crazy. Some of you are like, think he's mental. But this is such a smart idea. Just listen, you literally you pick the thing up, all right? It could have been something you bought, someone gave you. It could be something expensive, not expensive. And you just look at it, and this is what you say. You say, you did such a good job for a time. You were amazing. But I don't need you. You served your purpose. Now go be a blessing to someone else. Or goodbye. Now what that does is I think in your mind you'll feel a little silly. But I also think it will bring out in you what the item is attached to emotionally. What's crazy is I, I think this would actually be a painful thing for someone that's been gone for a few years. 
maybe this is something that you know it's it's just building dust and you know it's just but you you defend it like it's the holy grail and i'm not trying to step on toes i'm just telling you right here maybe maybe this is one of those things that you finally say goodbye For a lot of us, though, this is just a simple act of rest that way and that things have a shelf life. I don't look at the chips that I bought a month ago and not throw the wrapper away because they were delicious. Right? No, I don't hold it up and go, look at these chips. They were delicious. No, it, it served its purpose. It's done. For some of you, clearing some of this stuff out is going to give you the space that you need to invite people and things into your life. It's going to create space. How many of you guys know how unorganized I am? Have you experienced my office in the last, like, month? You just walk in and walk right back out. You're like, we're done. Kevin's leaving. This is how his office looks. We're screwed. Like... (laughs) Old church is just going to be a giant mess pile. Thank you, Dan Moody, for saving me. All right? And Michelle Barber. <laughs> and Stephanie. All right, there's a lot of people. Thank you, my wife. All right, I got to thank half the audience. All right, but here's the thing. When I want some space, you know where I go? To a room that's clean. Or sometimes I even bite the bullet and try to clean my office. Isn't that crazy? Some of you know this, because you get into a space that's organized. You get into a space that has, what does it do for you, physically, spiritually, emotionally? It's just a little, whoo, pick me up, right? A little, whoo. How many of you walked into a room with a bunch of toddlers and just thought, man, this is my place to study? This is it. I didn't even know this was possible. You don't. But, but, we hold all this stuff. And we mentally categorize it and we hold on to it and we put it into our, ca- and then what happens is it weighs. We have to take care of it. We have to monitor it to make sure it's okay. And though it may seem silly and marginal, but I promise you, when you clear some of this stuff out, it will make space for things. It will make space that you didn't even know you, you were missing. Just by clearing some of this stuff out. And the last one is this. Cut back, clear it out, pay it off. You know what I've never heard someone say? Man, debt just makes me feel good. <laughs> you know, I just go to bed at night and think, man, high interest rates. The world is good. I just don't hear anybody going to bed going, I'm glad I have that car payment. I just, man, if I didn't, I wouldn't know what to do. I just wouldn't know what to do. We've been blessed in a huge way by being debt-free as a church. And I'll just tell you, the atmosphere of our elders' meetings, of our business meetings, The excitement and the hope of the future is not dependent on the amount in our bank account. It isn't. But the freedom we have, the freedom that we're experiencing as a church right now is incredible. 
this floor is actually going to get changed, you guys. Yeah, some of you all, what? It's going to happen. And you know why? Because it's been on the docket since we decided to get debt free that that would be one of the things we would have the freedom to do. And when we choose to do it, it will not be a place of desperation. It will be a celebration of what God has done. And that is amazing. And here's the thing about paying something off. It releases chains that you didn't even know were there. It releases the chains in your life. Listen, I, I know this is one of those topics of getting, I don't have a chance. I wake up, it's the first thought. Every, every night I go to bed, it's my last thought of what if. What if this happens? What if I lose my job? What if this will lose everything? And for some of you, it's not that desperate. It's just this little nagging thing in the back of your mind that you know you never really caught up. And you're always, just feels like just so close to disaster. And I'll just tell you, one hand with tranquility is better than two hands with a bunch of stuff. And I think the, the hard thing is when you talk about this is it feels like what I'm saying is you shouldn't have nice things or any things. Like that's what you're going to walk out of here with. Right? No things, no nice things. Got it. Good sermon. Less is more. Sweet. Like. And that's not what we're talking about. What I'm basically saying is, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better to have a couple nice things that you actually own than have a bunch of stuff that owned you? Wouldn't it be nice to work towards something intentionally and have those things and actually own it? To be a full steward of it, to be utilized how you would see it fit, then have a bunch of stuff and, and just feel like you're constantly just a slave to it. I want that for you. And I want that for myself. You guys, I still have student loans. Are you kidding me? That is a daunting thing. Every time I get the email, I just want to run. Can I run from an email? I think I can. Just throw my phone and run. <laughs> but these are steps. If you're looking for advice in this, I'll just tell you two things. If you're looking to pay some stuff off, we have a direct contact here that is a financial advisor that would love to meet with you. Love to meet with you. If you'd like his information, if you want to get in contact with him, I trust him. I would, I would push you, and I can literally, after service, hand you his card, and I would tell you, go and just do what he, do, do what he tells you to do. All right? That's <laughs> what so I would tell you. And the second thing is we have Financial Peace University that happens twice a year, and we'll probably have one coming up here in the spring. And when that sign-up comes up, I just want you to be day one just going, this is it. This is the time. We're doing it. We're figuring it out. We're at least taking a step. This is not Jesus, but this is a direction of change. All right? Make those choices. Some of you, you'll, you'll need to start today. Just go for it. Go for it. Take a step. For some of you, listen, Christmas is coming. Don't get caught in the trap. Don't get caught in the trap that you'll just pay it off in January. Don't do it. So what are we going to do? Cut back, clear out, pay off. Less is more. How many of you have ever been out of the country? All right. You ever experienced when you go to a third world developing country, what happens? 
You go into that place, right, and you get into this place that they have maybe no running water, maybe no working bathrooms, they have dirt floors, and, and you get in there and you meet these people. And what's the first day like, right? I've experienced this. This is crazy to me, too. It, it, the first day is just your heart breaks for them. You're like, what? How could they live this way? How could they do? I, I don't know if I could. And then over the course of time, maybe it's a couple days, maybe it's the week, I felt this in my heart. I have felt it. They are more satisfied than I have ever been in my entire life. Because you'll go to church and they'll have nothing physically, but they'll worship like they've been given everything. I've, I've seen it. And then I come back and you know what I feel? And this is so true. I feel a little jealous for their contentment. I feel a little jealous for their contentment. And it makes me think that maybe the definition of what rich is needs to change in my heart. Because I think rich is not who has the most. I think rich is who's satisfied with the least. I really do. And not in a way to hold an honor badge or to become a minimalist and just go out in the world. I just mean this. What level you can find contentment will be the riches that you will live in beyond. Maybe less really is more. If we could all get to a place where we cut back, we clear out, and we pay it off. Maybe in the coming months and the years, we would find some peace, some tranquility, and would arm us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the margins that we didn't even know we had. There's some wisdom in that.